those fruits of the Spirit we talked about last time, it, it, all those pieces come into play. And as we grow and stretch and allow God in more and more, we're becoming more like Christ. We're being sanctified, made holy, like Jesus. We have more of the fruit of the Spirit in us. Right. Internally in us, and it's displayed outwardly. Welcome, everyone, to episode 114, Renew Your Mind. With us today, we have Senior Pastor Paul Gruenberg. We have Retired Pastor Barry Sweet. We also have Youth and Family Director Jeremy Teru, and myself, Dana Hall, as the moderator. So we've been we've been talking about the Holy Spirit. Um, the last podcast, we talked about the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And um, this podcast, we want to delve into the role of the whole, excuse me, the role of the Holy Spirit in the grace of God. So I'm going to throw it out to the group and see who wants to tackle that one first. So one of the amazing things about grace, <laughs> amazing grace. Oh, huh? good. Oh. <laughs> one of the interesting things about grace is how Wesley kind of broke grace down. When you read about grace in the Bible, it says grace. But Wesley uh, gave it some, uh, or saw distinctive patterns in how grace was used uh, by God. And again, if we were to define grace, grace is God's unmerited favor. It's nothing we discern, deserve. We can't earn it. We can't buy it. So grace is given freely by God. That's like a father who gives to his children, not because they were good or bad or whatever. It's just that a father gives to their child or a parent gives to their child freely from themselves. And so within Wesley's works, he, uh, he identified three major movements, some say four, uh, of grace. The first would be sanctifying grace. Uh, it's the... I'm sorry. Thank you, Jeremy, for nodding. No, that's the last one. <laughs> uh, provenient grace. And it's that grace that goes before us. Uh, Wesley broke grace down into uh, before, at the point of, and after a person becomes saved. So that grace before you become saved, before you come into relationship with Jesus Christ, before you say can say, Jesus is Lord and Savior of my life. That grace he would call provenient grace. And that's the Holy Spirit's role in that grace is to draw us or to woo us toward Christ, okay. uh, whatever that looks like. Now, that grace can be played out in an invitation to come to church with me mm -hmm. or an invitation to, to, for a non-Christian to be in a Bible study. Uh, for me, it was... Um, uh, Dennis uh, Lipka, uh, he lived at his house. I, I remember we were both computer science majors, and he talked about Christ. Now, it's not like I was blind or hadn't known it. I grew up in the church, but I had walked, I guess, walked away uh, to some degree or level in and through college. And he just, you know, had this winsome way about him. He wasn't a a uh, real outgoing guy. Uh, as far as you could tell, he was more of an introvert. I was the extra extrovert in that relationship. And, and so he would talk and eventually talk more of Christ. And that was the spirit working through Dennis to woo me back to Christ. I always put it 
planting seeds in someone's life is, mm-hmm. is you know, the point of um, when they accept Christ as Lord and Savior, there's been a lot of work done in someone's life often before that. Right. And that's this period that we're talking about, provenient grace. Provenient grace, right. And then there's uh, justifying grace. Yeah, justifying grace. We touched on this in a previous podcast, but uh, P- Pastor Paul mentioned being saved. So that really, the justifying grace is is that which comes to us in the moment that we we put our faith in Jesus as our Lord and Savior and give our life to Him and become saved, have our sins washed away, become born again by the Holy Spirit, and become justified. Which, as we said before, way to think about that is just as if I've never sinned in the eyes of God. So he's washed away your sin. You are saved. You are sealed with the Holy Spirit. You are a part of God's family. And that's that's the justifying grace that comes to us that that makes that effectual in our lives. He sets us right with God. That's mm-hmm. right, yeah. Rightly related with God, uh-huh. absolutely, yeah. And so Wesley saw that as a, a moment of grace and then uh, the final major movement of grace is sanctifying grace. Well, and that's becoming like Christ. Mm-hmm. And it's a lifelong journey. Um, from there for, forward, um, the Holy Spirit's working on us and in us, moving us forward, growing us, stretching us. Mm-hmm. Those fruits of the Spirit we talked about last time, it, it, all those pieces come into play. And as we grow and stretch and allow God in more and more, we're becoming more like Christ. Mm-hmm. We're being sanctified, made holy. Like we Jesus. have more of the fruit of the Spirit in us. Right. Internally in us, and it's displayed outwardly. Right. So, you know, Paul will talk about living life by the Spirit. Uh, he mentions it more times than you can think of, but we just we just somehow gloss over that for some reason. And I don't understand why. Why is it that we come to that point in our life where we're going to church, we believe in Jesus, and— and it just kind of, it just kind of fades, like that's good enough. So, do you think that each Christian knows where they're at in in these phases of grace when they're in that period? Well, that's a great question. Probably not the theological terms; they wouldn't know. Well, uh, let's pretend like they know the theological terms. Okay. So, do you think they know that they've gone past the justification? So, or is it justifying grace? Some what denominations. They, well, I, and let me just finish. What yeah. if they think they're just not doing it good enough, and so they're always at that justification? We're going to get to that. That's spiritual warfare, but um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which we're oh, talking oh, about. Oh, teased into it then. Teased okay. right into it. <laughs> no, there would be some denominations that would say, okay, so you have been you've made a decision for Christ, you've been baptized, and then you backslid or have gone off the map with Christ. They would say you were never saved to begin with, that it wasn't a true work of salvation or justification at that moment. Mm -hmm. And Wesley would see that more of a, a journey, a process of a journey. Sanctification can happen right now if we allow it to happen, if we decide that that is the most important thing we want. You know, it's like somebody who gets tunnel vision uh, 
because of a particular goal, and that's all they can think of, and that's all they focus on. I believe uh, God can do the work of sanctification in an instant, and we would be made whole. But we live in the world. Uh, mm-hmm. We've got so many um, things trying to grab our attention. And so sanctification, again, becomes, and I think it's true probably for 99.99% of all people, it's a journey mm-hmm. of giving over to God one more area of our life. You know, we find ourselves looking at the fruit of the Spirit again, able to love and experience the joy, but we're not we're not very peaceful. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not very kind. And then there are moments where, my goodness, I'm at peace all the time and I'm really kind to people, but I'm, I don't feel very faithful to God. You know, so you're always constantly having to uh, work to learn to... Um, Is that the perfecting phase? Is that why they put that, or is perfecting grace, does that come before sanctification? I think that's after. That's final phase. Oh, that's the final phase? I think so. Yeah, I think usually that refers to actually entering into heaven and being entering into glorification when we reach our heavenly state for the eternal kingdom. Paul, you had alluded, though, that there's a lot of people in the church that you know, the whole sanctification process, it almost seems like a foreign concept. So some people accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, figure they've arrived and they have nothing left to do. Mm -hmm. And and it isn't, I mean, there's that to-do part that worries me when I say it. Right. Because it isn't works-based. It Mm -hmm. isn't what Barry does. Though Barry has to kick in and want, you know, there's, there's that piece where I have to desire some things and allow God in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we need to realize that sanctification and sanctifying grace is from the moment we accept Christ forward and there's more to be done in us right. that we have to let God do. Yeah. And I think that's the key is we have to let oh. God do, and that's the part we do, is we have to open the door. Right. And I think uh, in part uh, it's the fault of the church Oh yeah, the church. The church is all about proclaiming Jesus. Um, there are denominations out there that are all about getting people saved, getting people justified mm-hmm. with Christ, and there's nothing after that. And so, once you're justified with Christ, you don't know what to do. You don't know where to go. Right. Um, is it good enough just to go to church, go to worship services on a Sunday morning? Some people will go to church on Sunday morning, Sunday evening, Wednesday night, you know, prayer meeting, and then be in a Bible study on Friday morning. And they're no further along. Well, I can't say that. But it just seems to me that the church does a disservice when we, when we continually point people to Christ as the means of our salvation and getting your ticket punched into heaven. Right. But there's... You know, it's like finishing a marathon race, right? You finish the race and you're done. <sighs> mm-hmm. It's yeah, over. You finish them. Biblically, the race is your whole life. Biblically. It isn't just when you accept Jesus. And mm-hmm. that's not the end of the marathon. Mm-hmm. No. That's it's kind of the beginning. In a way, almost the beginning yeah. or <laughs> almost a third of the way through, let's say. 
Um, and then there's the rest of the race. Right. And Paul talks uses race imagery a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, I fin you know, I've I finished the race, but he means that's at the end of my life and mm-hmm. when I'm meeting Christ face to face. Right. Um Yeah, that's uh, I think this is a Wesleyan phrase, but that Christ came to save us to the uttermost. Mm-hmm. And that's absolutely to justify us and forgive our sins and bring us into the family of God. But he also wants the sin to be removed from our life, that we become more holy, that sin is less and less and less, and the love of God is more and more and more in us. Right. So that's a part of our our salvation from sin, really. It, it is a justification, but it's also in sanctification from having your life change to be more right. like Christ and we experience more of God in a more intimate yeah. relationship. Has our life been transformed or are we in the process of continuing that journey of transformation? One of the things I worried a little bit about when I was doing my mission work, you know, I'm in there preaching, doing my thing. And, and you know, I've told stories where lots of people come to faith and then what happens when we leave? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and the group that I worked with that I intentionally chose to work with in Peru, and actually I worked, and all my mission trips tried to find a group that had a lot of aftercare, mm-hmm. that they were training pastors and training people, uh, indigenous people in that area that could go back into those areas and work with those people mm-hmm. and help them begin or continue the journey. Yeah. Because if you just go in, do your thing, and leave, and leave yeah, then they're going to fall back into the old ways and, um, you know, mm-hmm. they're not going to be sanctified. And that's a problem. Mm-hmm. But they did in in the missions that you participated in. They did have yeah, a they great deal had an of intentional aftercare. piece that when we left, there were people that would go back into those areas and work with those people because we wrote down names, mm-hmm. um, if it was a small number, anyways, of people that accepted Christ. And my interpreter would mm-hmm. write down the names, and then mm-hmm. we would give them to whomever was going to do the aftercare. That's so important. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's absolutely I mean, it critical. sounds like an administrative task, and it's not. At all. I mean, it isn't. It is, and not it isn't. at the same yeah. time. So, because there's a whole lot of ministries out there that don't do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and I think that that's a mistake. Mm-hmm. That was one of the things that uh, Whitfield, who was a great preacher, um, uh, long a contemporary with John Wesley, they were friends. They theologically were in different camps. But one of the things Whitfield was, was he was a great evangelist. He won people to Christ. He got them across the the justification finish line. And and what he said on his deathbed was that Wesley did it right because he had a, a process in place, a method, which is where Methodism comes from, uh, a method in place to help people continue to mm-hmm. move uh, into a Christ-likeness in their life, right. to continue to be sanctified through uh, classes and bands, which is another um, topic for another day. Mm-hmm. But Jesus even tells us, you know, I have to go away. He's the point of justification. I have to go away so that the counselor, the advocate can come and Scripture says that another uh, advocate would come. So Jesus advocated, the, the Holy Spirit continues to advocate. Right. Mm-hmm. And 
uh, a part of that, he says, uh, Jesus says, um, you have sent me into the world. I have sent them into the world, the disciples into the world, for I sanctify myself that they too may be truly sanctified. So there's a, a, a process, and I'm wondering if that's not the glorification. I have mm-hmm. sanctified myself, the glor- I've glorified myself, that they too may be truly glorified, you know, mm-hmm. that final yeah. perfecting grace. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the, you know, looking at the big picture mm-hmm. and the end stage. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot to get there. And, and the Holy Spirit comes to help us get there, you know, to help us be like Christ, to help us live differently and to be transformed and, and not just um, in words or not just on paper, but in real life, mm-hmm. that this right. impacts our real life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our marriages, it impacts our relationship with our kids. It impacts our sex life. It impacts this. It impacts la- that. And that as we grow in our faith, um, we just keep moving forward. Now, there's ebbs and flows, and there's times when you go back and you go forward. But when you look at the overall picture, mm-hmm. you want to see somebody who's in general moving forward. It's, the, it's like mm-hmm. the stock market. It goes up and down on a daily basis, and yet usually, well, up until recently, it's continuing to go up. And if you look at the stock market from the time of conception till now, it has continually risen. There have been the recessions, the big dips uh, that have occurred, but there's recovery. So when you are putting money in to stock for retirement, they say, you take the long point of view, right? Right. And uh, you don't get worked up over this. And I think stuff. that's where if you're going through a major crisis in your life, um, cancer or a death or something awful has happened, you know, try and take the long view. I mean, it's really hard to do when you're in the middle of the battle. Right. Absolutely. It's really difficult. But if if you've done some work and ahead of time, um, there's a place where that voice will surface somewhere. Mm-hmm. And we'll say, hang in there. Mm-hmm. You know, this isn't easy. It's a dip. And sometimes it's a huge hole. Right. Um, but there's hope on the other side. Hang in there until you get there. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you hang on just, you know, by your fingernails. Right. And um, you trust that Christ is holding you up and the Spirit's holding you up. But, and then you're, you're beginning to move out of that phase. And um, you can look back and see that and see where God was at work. Mm -hmm. But you can get lost in that too, Mm -hmm. if you're not careful. That's where I feel like we really have to be on the lookout for people. They're they're in those dips. Oh, yeah. Because you really can't see them. I mean, if you're not looking, you're not going to find them. Well, that's when people need you the most. (laughs) Exactly. Part of it is voicing voicing where you are. You know, Mm -hmm. it's being in relationship with others on a spiritual level and you know, because somebody can come to church and they can put a, a mask on mm-hmm. and look as, how you doing? Oh, great. You know, and inside they're just dying, mm-hmm. you know. So it's it's being in those uh, relationships with one another so that when someone says, hey, how are you doing? It's somebody that you know and can confide in and say, you know, it's mm-hmm. been tough. Uh, those kinds of things. But we see the work of the Spirit in the grace of God before and mm-hmm. the moment of afterwards, uh, helping 
people to draw near to God, helping people to be in a relationship with God the Father through Jesus by the power of the Spirit. Well, I think we'll wrap it up on that note right there. So thanks, everyone, for joining us. Uh, We come to you from the First United Methodist Church of Gaylord. We're located at 215 South Center Street. We have a traditional uh, service on Sunday at 9 a.m. and a contemporary at 1045 a.m. We'd love to have you come in person. Um, If you're not able to come in person, you can view us through Facebook or YouTube. And um, we also have a website that, uh, that would give you any information about the church and our activities. And uh, you can also uh, phone us at 989-732-5380. Thanks again, everyone. Mm-hmm.